Welcome to Nerd vs. World, episode 62, Pride and Prejudice and Nerds. I'm Brendan. And I'm Spindles. And on today's show, we've got a roundup of OxCon. We've got previews of what we're looking forward to at the Sci-Fi Weekender in a couple of weeks' time. Yep. There's reviews of Hail Caesar and Pride and Prejudice and the Zombies. Uh, reaction to the Ghostbusters trailer. Mm-hmm. And a bit of a soapbox moment about this push for R-rated superhero films. Sounds good. And yes. possibly some other bits. And some other bits and bobs, whatever we can come to think of. <laughs> As per usual. Cool. Okay, what do you want to kick off with then? Well, let's kick off with Oxcon, because it's just finished. Okay, well, sure. I want to hear about your experiences. Yeah, cool. I, I was only there on the Saturday, because um, sadly I was doing a, a sleep study thing over the course of the weekend, so I had various electrodes strapped to my brain, which oddly didn't look out of place at a Comic-Con. It's, it's one of the few places <laughs> did, in the world. Did anyone ask you what you were cosplaying <laughs> Well, as? yeah, because I was, I was talking to the guy from Nerdemic, uh, and I was explaining about it, and he was like, oh, I just thought it was some kind of cosplay that I didn't know. Awesome. <laughs> it's about the only place you can get get away with walking around wearing a was it a polysomnograph uh, and oh, what, what uh, it, it's called a polysomnograph is what I was wearing and what's one of those uh, it's a, a machine for recording your sleep and your brain waves and your muscle movements and eye movements and all sorts of stuff I had Shit. to wear it for three days <laughs> Fucking hell. So, yeah, that was fun. That's pretty intense. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like being hooked up to the Matrix. I had a giant kind of cable plugged down the back of my shirt that went to a box on my side. So, yeah, it, it was fairly cosplay. So people were just like seeing a random guy wandering around, big military trench coat, electrodes all over his face and a pirate bandana. <laughs> obviously assumed it yeah. was some cosplay they didn't know. <laughs> He didn't look out of place at a convention. Yeah. That says quite a lot for the nerd culture, I think. <laughs> Either that we're like super accepting yeah. of everybody, just come on in, or that, yeah, the weird and uh, unusual are commonplace to well, us. Well, yeah, that's it. No, nobody questioned it because it, it, I guess it's that thing of you, you don't want to look like you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So you assume because somebody's there and they've got shit strapped to their face that it's for some reason and they're there, so therefore that must be the reason. Yeah. It's, not, it's not a big leap of logic, but it's... No, uh, no it's fair. But yeah, it, was, it, it amused me because I was explaining that to the guy from Nerdemic and then there were a couple of other people sat like in a bay window a bit further down chuckling as I was explaining it who'd obviously thought exactly the same thing. Sweet. <laughs> so yes, there was that. Uh, it was really good. We, we were just there on the Saturday. Uh, we caught uh, one, one of the panels, which was really interesting about kind of you know, uh, what what kind of drove this guy to to choose using comics as a medium for a story that he wanted to tell so he was talking a, a bit about the kind of the various things that you can only get away with doing in in comics like compression and being able to fit a whole bunch of information into one frame and uh yeah so it, yeah, it was a really really interesting lecture on kind of what makes a comic a comic and why you would choose that for a particular medium to tell a story that the presentational versus representational models so yeah it was was really quite good so as as we said to the guy who when he was on he's you know it's a much more academic event and there were some really really good panels taking place over the course of the day with some really really good uh subjects covered it was it's kind of nice and novel that you have panels about comics at a Comic-Con. Yes. <laughs> Which is, I, I know it's weird to have to say that, but it's true. I think it's, yeah. it's one of the, the, I mean, one of the first Comic-Cons I've been to that has been predominantly panels about comics as a medium. Yeah, I would say apart from maybe Lawgiver, but that's a very specific yeah. Comic-Con. Yeah, so. yeah. 
But yeah, they, they at Lawgiver, they at least focus on dread. Yes. So yeah, it was very, very cool. And then, yeah, a lot of the, the stalls were very cool. There were some interesting ones there that I hadn't seen before. There was... Um, one called, I think it was Air Tag or something, and they, they basically do spray-on tattoos. So uh, Megan was there cross-playing as Dean Winchester and got a spray-on um, anti-possession tattoo done. <laughs> I saw the pictures. I was just like, with that hair, Meg, you're more Sam. I know, right? But I didn't want to say. I, to- like... I, no, I told her that and she nearly killed me. Yeah, that's why, that's why I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> But yeah, so that that was fun. Uh, well, well, interestingly enough, as, as we were coming in, they were doing bag checks, and she'd brought along one of my airsoft, and it was in a bag, and I was kind of like, oh crap, I better tell the security guard before he sticks his hand in the bag and finds a gun. So I'd explained it, and he was just kind of like, oh, I don't know what to do about this now. <laughs> and he like, wandered over to the organisers, who kind of took one look at it, pulled it, cocked it, and went, yeah, it's an airsoft, that's fine. <laughs> But yeah, it was, it was interesting that the security guard had no idea what to do with with a gun when he actually found one. <laughs> <laughs> but the the venue was lovely. I mean, I've only been there once before in the whole time I've been in Oxford, and that was a freshers' fair, like best part of 13, 14 years ago Jeez. when I was doing stuff there for the Bullingdon. But it's a lovely, lovely building, uh, and it was really nice. They, they had a kind of panel room downstairs, and then upstairs they had kind of two wings of um, of traders and and artists and comic artists and uh, I think Simon Fisher Becker was there and a couple of other people were there doing autographs and signings and second Death Eater to the left from Harry Potter was there and (laughs) (laughs) so that yeah it was kind of cool it it was nice it was especially nice to see a lot of kind of independent comic artists and stuff there the Inky Fingers people were there okay who do the stuff down on Cowley Road yeah yeah so yeah, it was really really cool, really nice, well turned out. It, you know, it's not somewhere that I could have spent a whole weekend because the only thing to do all weekend is the, is the panel. So it would have just been sat down watching panel after panel. because yeah. um, there's only a couple of times you could wander around the shops and there was no real program of events, so to speak. Um, but there, I mean, I know there were some screenings later on over the weekend, but couldn't make it over that. But it, it seemed like a really, really good weekend. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the time I was there. So, took some some pictures. I'll post post them up online a bit. Caught Batman having a fag break and a few amongst <laughs> other things. <laughs> Sweet. So yeah, it was all very cool. The cosplay was well turned out. There were uh, a lot of very cool cosplays kicking around. Now that Megan's got her newfound love of anime, she's now spotting animes everywhere oh, which okay. she couldn't before. I'm surprised she hasn't cosplayed as anything from Super Dungeon Explorer yet. Oh, give it time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, give it time. Give it time, okay. Cool. So yes, that was that. All, all in all, from from what I saw, it looked like like a success. It was there was loads of people there. It wasn't rammed, so it wasn't like other cons we've been to where uh, you know it's difficult to move around. You actually had the space to move around, look at the exhibits, and talk to the people who the comics creators. And uh, from the, from talking to some of the traders there, they said it was ridiculously well organised in comparison to other events that they've been to. So yeah, by all accounts, fantastic. Hoping it'll be back again. Awesome. Of course, the next local one for us is Didcot. It is indeed. Well, that's July, so that's a, that's a ways off yet. Yeah, it's June, sorry. There isn't another one local to us, though, is there? No, I don't think so. Well, I think there's a Reading one, but I don't know when that is. I found out there's a Swindon Comic Con coming up soon from someone I was speaking to on OK Cupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Comic Con's everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's basically Virginia Hay doing a tour of the UK. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Simon fast, Fisher Becker. <laughs> yeah, setting Farscape pictures or Doctor Who memorabilia. <laughs> but fair enough. No, no, fair play. So the next big one, though, for us is 
Sci-Fi Weekender. It is indeed. Yeah, we're, we're, oh God, are we only a week and a bit away now? Is it next week? It's next Thursday, week Thursday. Holy shit, yeah. it is, yeah, yeah. Crap. All right, okay, better get prepped then. Yeah, so it's, it's going to be St. Patrick's Day, so I'm going to wake up, do my usual St. Patrick's Day photo in my Iron, Island rugby top, mm-hmm. then take that off and drive through Wales. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be driving through Wales. Yeah, that, no. I'm not really, I'm not really feeling the love. <laughs> driving through Wales um, on final weekend of Six Nations, mm. wearing my RBS Island rugby top. So I'm going to stop in Clangothan at some point as well. Yes. So yeah, so, yes, I found weekender. So what have you got? Anything that you're looking forward to particularly out of the uh, weekend? The BBC Radio Phonic Workshop. Yes, yes, of course. I'm looking forward to speaking to those guys. Uh, both as a fan of their work on, well. All the radio shows I used to listen <laughs> yeah. to growing up, but particularly Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And also, from the academic point of view, I work in audio engineering for um, those listeners who don't realise yet. <laughs> um, so this is what, kind of what I do for a, for a living. So yeah, hearing their stories on history of sound and development of their techniques is definitely top of my list of things to do. Sweet. Um, and Brian Blessed. Of course, he's and, always good. Yeah, and Eve Miles. Yes, the Torchwood panel, I'm really looking forward yeah, to yeah. that. Every time I've seen Eve Miles, she's done a yeah. fantastic Q&A. So. I'm looking forward to seeing her in the pub and just getting drunk. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very much so. We're, we've taken Megan through the first three seasons of Torchwood now, so she actually has seen Torchwood nice. going into this one. Because the last time when we saw her at Wales Comic Con last year, she hadn't seen it, so I had no frame of reference whatsoever. Fair enough. Now she knows. Yes. And Eve Miles is hilarious. She is. She's absolutely brilliant. She does some fantastic Q&As. So if if you've never seen Eve Miles do a QA and a before, go. It's hilarious. You will will not be sorry. Uh, What else? Yeah, so I'm doing the Game of Thrones panel. Uh, Emma's doing the Outlander panel, which we've now seen the whole of Outlander. Cool. Uh, Have you seen that yet? Not yet. It's a a really interesting idea. It's um, Ronald D. Moore. Who did Battlestar Galactica? Yeah, uh, it's him doing one. I don't know if you know the premise of the show. No, it's uh, a combat medic from the Second World War, uh, and she ends up touching a stone and being catapulted like two hundred years back into history, uh, and then getting stuck there. Okay, and it's how she deals with being stuck in kind of essentially medieval Scotland. Sweet, I don't know at the time of sure. the Civil War, so. And Emma's doing that panel. Emma's doing that panel, yeah. Cool. Because the the guys on that panel, it's it's two of the kind of bodyguards from the show, one of whom I know from a couple of other things. He was in uh, Skins as uh, Madison Twatter in the drug dealer in season one of Skins, <laughs> amongst other things. So he's he's kind of cool. Looking forward to seeing that one. Uh, I then, had a, I had a milkshake in the milkshake shop from Skins. Did you? A couple, oh, cool. About a month or so ago in Bristol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was pretty uh, sweet. I enjoyed that. Yeah, because I go over to Bristol quite a lot now. I, I kind of try to scene spot from from the skins. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, what else am I looking forward to? Uh, yeah, the, the the Brian Blessed because Professor Elemental interviewing Brian Blessed is just going to be genius. Yeah, I think he's he's the only person there for the weekend. I think that can get away with it. Well, let's hope so. That's uh, that's definitely a character to have to try and wrangle. See, Robert Rankin was good because they're, they're both cantankerous, so that was a that was a good one to put across. But uh, I think Professor Elemental and Brian Blessed's going to be an interesting one. And the prof's there like all weekend, isn't he? He is there all weekend. Yeah, he's he's hosting the uh, the Imaginarium on the Friday. And of course, Thursday night we will be in the main void. 
Um, there will be the quiz. <laughs> the returning champions. De- defending our title <laughs> from last year. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I love the Thursday night. I look forward to the Thursday nights. Like it's not rammed. It's not super busy. There's not a big program of events on the Thursday yeah. night, so it's nice. You can go and you can get a drink in the Mash and Barrel, mm. or you can hang in the main void and just get involved in whatever's going on. So yeah, that's kind of it's a nice way of easing into the convention. Yeah, although I am half tempted to go and see the Crazy World of Arthur Brown on Thursday night. Really? Yeah. Quiz, I, dude. I, I love the Crazy World of Arthur Brown. Oh. I, I don't know whether they overlap. I'll have to check the program. But. I didn't see anything that would conflict. With the quiz, I was looking at the quiz, thinking, "What, what else would I want to go to?" And but it's, it's, nothing it, else. it's the prog. It's it's the crazy world of Arthur Brown. Oh, is this H O H? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, dude, you have to. You, you're nervous <laughs> as well. You have to come and. You have to come and sort of come like. Come on, pitch in. Be part of the team. Are you going to get up on stage if we win this time? If we win this time, <laughs> yeah, all right. Sweet. I'll get up on stage and collect the prize if we win. <laughs> When we win. Excellent. Good, good, good. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else over that weekend. Well, I, I'm, I'm I'm actually quite looking forward to the Pandorica screening, because that looks like it should be quite cool. Yeah. And that's uh, Friday morning? Yeah, it's, it's Friday morning. I think it's like 10 o'clock is the screening, and then 12 o'clock after it is a Q&A. So I'm and that's main really looking void. forward to that. Yeah, it's yeah. in the main void. So that, that should be quite cool. Because I think the screening is in the sports hall this time, the screening room. Oh, okay. Where That's... there was the laser taggy thing. Yeah, last so they did year. the uh, the GK did the stormtrooper training. Yes, with yeah. your fabulous faceplant. Fucking hell, that was the best. <laughs> that was so cool. If they have that on film somewhere as well, I want to find out who has that on film because I want to see that back. We want a copy of it. If you're out there, please get in touch. Yeah. We want, we want it. We want to post it on YouTube. <laughs> that was so much fun. Um, so yeah, that's a, that, I know that they're changing around a few bits and bobs, and I think that, that the screening room's in there. I think okay. on the on the Thursday, I think I've seen all the films that they're on on the Thursday. So yeah, they're showing Mad Max Fury Road, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, which is cool. That can segue slightly into our Oscar talk. Well, it can, but, yeah. Because um, um, I, I don't think there's anything else that that's kind of massively grabbed my attention for over the weekend. It's just. Uh, yeah, I think we're we're going to be done on interviews by kind of like early, lunchtime Friday. Lunchtime Friday, yeah. pretty much, we'll be we'll be done and dusted. Yeah, so we can actually just kick back and just. Well, undoubtedly, we'll be doing other interviews yeah, yeah, around, sure. kind of off stage, but uh, that that that'll be us done on the stage work. I think by then, unless I get grabbed up for anything else like last year. Yeah, well, <laughs> wait and see. Make a colossal fool out of myself again, like I did on the uh, pointless. Ah. Are they, are they doing a Trooper Hour again this year? I think they are. I don't know what they're doing this year, though. don't know who's... Um, don't know what the quiz is, but we'll see. But yeah, no. Okay. Um, and also, like, the most important thing, like, the the best thing about the last weekend, uh, we said this in our year roundup show, the best thing was meeting the fans. Absolutely. The Hell yes. So I've got a Nerd vs. World t-shirt, which I'll be wearing for most of the weekend. I've got I've bought a couple of spares so I can have a clean one every day. So <laughs> if you see me... Just come and say hi. Yes, do. Please, we'll um, be around all weekend. Love yeah. talking to people. Yeah. It's, it's, it's odd. It's kind of my favourite thing <laughs> in sort of like select situations. Um, but and the weekend is one of those situations where I'm quite happy to talk. So, yeah, if you see us, come and chat. Come and say hi. Uh, Thursday night, we'll be in the main void doing the quiz. Yep. That's all we'll be. Yeah, and yeah, Friday, daytime, be around the main void. Uh, I think Emma will be in the Starbucks doing the author interviews for a lot of Friday morning, and then she's on the main stage pretty much straight after she got three in a row, I think. So Really? Yeah. 
Cool. And then just a minute. Yes. Sweet. Awesome. That, that is the sci-fi weekend. Undoubtedly, we'll be recording bits and bobs there, so we'll uh, we'll be putting those out. I think the hashtag is going to be hashtag SFW7. And then the Nervous World hashtag will probably be hashtag eat, sleep, geek, repeat, as it is every year. as last year. Yeah, but yeah. Come, find us, say hi. Drink beer. Yeah, let's go and get drink. Sweet. So, yeah, let's go back to Mad Max, Max Fury, Fury Road. Road. That was yeah. a good save. It was. We overran. We, we did a little bit, but <laughs> shit happens. Absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, Mad so, yes, Max shit happened. Mad Max Fury Road, a genre film, was one of the big winners at the Oscars. It, it, well, it was the big winner. Yeah. It, uh, t- setting aside the, the kind of prestige of the different individual categories and awards, it won the most. It won four. And it, uh, did it win four? I thought it won six. I, I thought it won four. Well, this is this is this is awkward. Quickly check. I, I'll check. <laughs> you carry on. You feel. <laughs> I I I honestly thought it was six, but I'm, okay. Well, it, it I have might been be. I have been wrong many many times before, and we have it on record. That I have been, um, but it won again for. It was all technical costume. categories mainly. Yeah, and costume. Yeah. Well. So there yeah. was no furore around calling the the costume designer a bag lady at this one, however. Oh, but there was there was some fallout of like the camera panning to the audience and people not clapping her. Um, okay. Yeah, if you can go by what trends on Facebook nowadays, that was certainly an issue. Apparently, um, I say all credit to her; she just doesn't give a shit. She does what she does. Oh, absolutely. Does it well, and like she's awesome. Yeah, and this this obsession we have was with. The aesthetic appeal of the person, rather than the act, their actual talent, is kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So I'm still. You still going? Googling still yeah, to yeah. fill. But of course, we, we were right with some of our other predictions, though. Yes. Uh, I was not right about Jennifer Lawrence. She didn't win. But I think that was my heart. Right? That, my uh, head th- yeah, I, th- I think that that was because, in all honesty, she wasn't crush of the week speaking. Yeah, yeah, she 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 wasn't the best. She didn't deserve to win the Oscar. I don't think. Um, but Leo finally got his. He did, yeah. And yeah, did did you see the um, the, the VT of him afterwards getting it engraved? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was kind of cool. <laughs> do you do this every year? I wouldn't no. know. Smooth. <laughs> uh, I, I like that he took the time in his speech to highlight some important global issues as well, because he had won an award recently for his work, um, specifically in dealing with climate change. And raising it, raising awareness. Six of ten. You were correct. Boom. This is why I should be on that fucking quiz team. <laughs> and why I shouldn't. <laughs> you go watch your prog rock band then. I'll carry the show. Um, yeah. But what categories? Did you did you look those up? Uh, I did. It was on there. So costume. Yeah, it was yeah costume design. Uh, so costume design, production design, makeup and hairstyling, editing, sound editing, and sound mixing. Cool. Okay. Yeah, those two sound ones are good. Um. I'm trying to think about the sound in those movies. Did anything in those films particularly grab me? Well, it, the, the thing that grabbed me was the, the use of the, the live guitar player and yeah. mixing that in with the sound. I thought that was utter genius. So that's, and that alone was worthy of the Oscar by just having, you know, a playable soundtrack along with the film and having yeah. it as part of the film. It was 
utterly meta and wonderful. Diegetic sound. Yeah, I loved it. It was great. Yeah. Cool. Because I would have, like, yeah, Star Wars had some pretty good sound mixing as well. Well, they're more good sound design, I suppose. Yeah, I think mixing. it was, yeah, good sound design. Um, um, uh, yeah, the mixing. Mixing probably mixes itself, to be mm. honest. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. I can see that. So, it was all technical, and so none of the other films nominated took away anywhere near that amount. No. I think the next one only won two, I think it was. So, we had Revenant won a couple. Mm. Best director, best actor. Um... That's back to back Oscars for Inarito now as well. It is, yes. Cause yeah, because he, yeah, he won last for year's Birdman. Birdman, yeah. Uh, and Spotlight. Yeah, Spotlight took best, best picture. Best, best picture, which I kind of saw coming. Yes. Your best supporting actor wasn't Stallone in the end. Gutted about that. Yeah. Gutted because I thought he was actually fantastic in Creed. Um, or Black Rocky, as Chris Rock called it. <laughs> I thought Chris Rock handled that opening monologue. I think he did very well. I, I, I'm sick of seeing the clip of him saying it's the White People's Choice Awards, though. I, God knows how many times I saw that on the day. Yeah. No, I don't know. I thought the, I thought he got the tone of that intro spot on. Yeah. Yeah, difficult subject to handle, but he did it. Um, yeah, who else won? So it was uh, Brie Larson for The Room, yeah. which I really wanted to see, but they weren't showing it. In Oxford, I couldn't find anywhere in Oxford that was showing it, no. which was just really frustrating. Um, I was really keen to see that film. Yeah, sadly, we're we're pretty bad in this country for screening stuff like that. It was showing in Bristol. Yeah, well, Bristol. Hence yeah. why I had to travel to Bristol to see Attack on Titan. Fuck. I've discovered recently, over, well, over like the last three or four months, that Bristol's actually like possibly the coolest place it is very cool and it's very trendy looking as well i I like the visual aesthetic to bristol i'm not sure when i'm going back now but it has been a pretty cool place to visit recently um i think i'm seeing bill bailey there in may actually cool about it well there's lawgivers in oh yeah lawgivers in bristol yeah yeah of course i I don't think don't necessarily think i am this year because i think it conflicts with mcm oh that's a shame. Because it did last year, but it was on the Sunday, so I travelled up on the Sunday yeah. to go and do Lawgiver on the on the Monday, I think it was, on the Bank Holiday Monday. But now it's actually on the Saturday, the event, uh, so I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. Oh, that's a shame. It's Mark Three this year as well, so it's yeah. the third one. Yeah. That convention is going really well. I'm really, really, really happy for yeah. Sue. Definitely. For getting that one going. Saw quite a lot of them uh, from there this weekend because it was obviously Rebellion were there and 2000 AD were there as a big sponsor of the OxCon event. Yeah. Sweet. Um. So, yeah, surprises in the Oscars. Anything other than Stallone? Because I know that was a surprise for you. Yeah, I was gutted about that for Stallone. Um. I was a bit gutted that um, The Martian didn't pick up anything more. I think it got one, didn't it? I don't remember. I honestly don't remember, if I'm honest. Um, I mean, obviously, like... Well, your animated one. Yeah, Inside Out. Like, that should have been up for best film, period. Not. Do you best. ever think there's a day when that's going to happen? Because animated films are just getting better and better. And I, I, I have a sneaky feeling that something like Incredibles 2 is going to come along and knock it out the park. I mean, I would love it to happen again. Um, but if you think there is elitism and snobbery in, within the academy between um, 
Oscar bait arty movies and genre films and sci-fi and stuff and fantasy, then that's nothing compared to that division between live action animated and, and live animated. Action. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a shame because Inside Out, a film should be assessed and judged on its ability to tell a, co- a coherent narrative in, in one go and be accepted and enjoyed on all levels without any need to pander to mm-hmm. um, Oscar voters. And Inside Out does that. It's an incredible film that has strong and consistent internal logic from which it works, and it deserved to be up for Best Picture. I mean, it won Best Animated Picture, mm-hmm. and that's fine. It absolutely should have won that, but it should have been up for the main one. Even if it didn't win it, if it was just acknowledged as being one of the best films of the year, yeah. regardless of its target market, regardless of whether it was animated or not, it needed that recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we are in a day and age where where it, it should be happening. Animated films certainly should... Well, that, that they do have the same impact, if not more so, than... Uh, I, would, I, would argue, I would argue they have more impact. Yeah. Yeah. Because the scope of what you can do with an animation is is bigger than what you can do with live action and special effects. Mm. So I think their ability to tell stories better is is not really up for debate. It needs to be acknowledged and recognised by by this white tower elite. Well, maybe one day, sir. One day. It's it, it has happened. It's happened in the past. I think Snow White won the Oscar for Best Film. Did it? Yeah. I, I know it was certain... Uh, I think that uh, was the last one. But that's like quite a long time ago now. Well, yeah, that was what, 1920s? 30s, I think. 30s. But yeah. So it, it, there is precedent for an animated film winning best movies. But hasn't happened for a while and needs to happen again. Um, I'm sure it will. Because you're absolutely right. Like The quality of the writing, the direction, the, the voice acting, everything is just getting better and better and better every year. So we'll see. Indeed. So sticking with the subject of uh, of movies, I guess it's uh, it's probably best to get on your soapbox about this time. Oh, because it's a similar soapbox, theme. Well, it's a similar yeah, theme. Okay. So, so this we is might as well move it on. Okay, so you've seen Deadpool now. I have now seen Deadpool and, and it, thoroughly, enjoyed thoroughly enjoyed it. I've seen it twice now, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Both I may times. go and see it again tomorrow. because yeah. I'm off tomorrow. <laughs> I, I did wonder whether. I laughed as hard as I did the first time because I was in a packed cinema mm. and you share that sort of... That shared experience yeah. and... Yeah, yeah. But I watched it again in a relatively empty cinema and I was still chuckling away and laughing mm. away at all the funny parts. So it, it works as a film. It doesn't work because it's a 15. No. That's not the reason it works. And this is, this is the soapbox moment, I guess. The frustration with um, the idea that because it was rated R, it was successful. And now movie studios are trying to cash in on that by making R-rated cuts of their movies or pushing for more heroes that could be R-rated. Um, surprisingly, Wolverine, the third Wolverine film, is allegedly going to be R-rated. And I'm I'm not altogether unhappy about that. Wolverine that's, that's films have been getting fun. darker. Yeah. And that's kind of fine. If any Marvel hero, mainstream hero, was going to be... R-rated, it would probably be Wolverine. Mm. Like He straight up stabs people with yes. his claws. And if they do, as they are rumoured to be doing, uh, an adaptation of the Old Man Logan storyline, 
then I'd be quite happy mm. to see an R-rated cut. Um, but studios need to realise that whilst the R-rating gives them freedom to uh, cuss and be more violent and bloody, that's not why Deadpool was successful. No. Deadpool was successful because it allowed them to embody the character correctly. Um, my worry with narrated Wolverine is that it will just be... Uh, the same thing with yeah. swearing. It'll be like Torchwood to Doctor Who. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a chance for them to to push boundaries that the PG thirteen rating wouldn't let them do. Yeah, a chance for them to swear more or be more bloody and more gruesome. Yeah, but not altering the storytelling. Yeah. I say that that's why I use Torchwood as the example yeah. because the season one of Torchwood, the storytelling was at the same level as like Doctor Who and Sarah Jane, just yeah. with swearing, sex, and violence. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't. It's not actually adding anything. To the movie, making it a PG, uh, making it a fifteen, um, making it R-rated doesn't change the character uh, in the way that it should. If they if they want to do an R-rated Wolverine, then they should let Wolverine be a badass, and they should let the character evolve within the the new constraints rather than just. And this is my worry with uh, Warner's approach: uh, just go super grimdark, mm. um, because the one that's really got me irked. It isn't Wolverine, that's fine. Um, I can totally see a 15 Wolverine working for, for those reasons. But they want to do an R-rated cut of Batman vs Superman Dawn of Justice. Now, you have to bear in mind that Batman vs Superman was its original working title. Mm. And it was Batman vs Superman. It was Man of Steel 2, Batman vs Superman. Yeah. It was a Superman sequel that Warners didn't... F- feel that Superman could carry on his own, which is why they brought Batman into it. Now, you have to wonder why they thought Superman couldn't carry his own film sequel. Maybe it's something to do with the disastrous way they handled Man of Steel. Yes. Um, so, it then developed further to be this uh, origin story for the, for the Justice League. But, at its heart, it's still a Superman story. Now, if there's any superhero out there that doesn't need an R-rated cut in order to fully it's flesh out the Superman. character. It's <laughs> Superman. Hell yeah. There is absolutely no reason that a Superman film should ever be R-rated. No. Superman is the wholesome, wholesome American hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Truth, justice, the American way. Yeah. That, he, that is what he embodies. And Warner's... Like with everything else, and like I've got beef, I've got major beef with Warner's this week for the Sandman thing too. We'll get to that in a second. But the way Warner's handle everything is they see this... This sort of pervading idea that, wow, this film was R-rated, wow, it's broken all records for an R-rated movie. The audiences want R-rated superhero films? We'll give them an R-rated superhero film. Let's make Superman vs. Batman R-rated. Like, no, you're not you're not understanding what people want. What people wanted with Deadpool and what they got was... A faithful adaptation yes. of Deadpool. <laughs> you don't need to push... The rating no. to do that with Superman. No. With Superman, if anything, you should be aiming for... You should be aiming for PG-13 yeah. at, at most. That There is no way you need to tie this down into an R-rated film. No. I can see the sense in, in making Suicide Squad R-rated. Which they're not doing, though. It's still coming out as PG-13. That's my this beef is, with it. <laughs> this, is, this is the thing. It's like, if you want to do an R-rated movie, you don't need to try and shoehorn your biggest franchise into an R-rated cut because you want to cash you in on this... With the appropriate ones. Yeah, you do it with the one that you've got. 
on your books coming out this year that actually would fit an R rating. Mm. If you gave Suicide Squad the R rating, then you would allow Harlequin and the Joker and the other characters that they've got in those, that film. So I can't be bothered to name them, like Enchantress, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, King Croc, all those guys. You know, you'd give them... Then these are these are bad guys. Yeah. The chance to be bad to guys, be bad. to be to be villainous, to be scum, to expand their character beyond what they are. But yeah, that's that's why I just don't get Warners. No, I I don't understand their 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 take on it at all. Yeah, and you know this isn't the first time an R-rated movie has has done so well. Or no. Or, or no, an already comic isn't. book movie. No, isn't. Well. Look at Watchmen, The Crow. Yeah. Well, The Crow was my first thought. But people were just like, wow, an R-rated superhero film. I've never had one of those before. It's like, well, actually, we have. You just oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Had I, went, just, you know, I snuck into the cinema I think, when I was 16 to yeah. see The Crow, and it was awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, but it, it's one of those things that happens in Hollywood. It's like it, it, they, they find something and they try to copy the success of this one thing oh yeah it's like, without uh, uh, hey this animated movie about dogs has gone down really well let's make 10 animated movies about dogs it, yeah. it's that mentality yeah. without really understanding what it is about that film that yeah. made it successful yeah. Um, so yeah we're probably going to see a raft now of um, wholly inappropriate R-rated yeah. superhero movies really obscure superheroes I mean, people are doing votes of what's the next R-rated superhero film you want to see it's like well I don't I just want to see a superhero film where the hero is how I imagine them from the books, mm. you know? Not just take a film and make it R-rated for the oh, sake of Oh, there are it. some awesome ones that they could do and do well with an R-rating. Stuff like Warheads back from the old Marvel UK days. Basically a bunch of uh, soldiers who loot through time and space for profit, <laughs> which is just awesome. Yeah. Yeah, things like that that you really can get a meaty storyline behind without being stuck down to a PG-13 rating. Yeah, and the other one would have been Sandman. Yes. You know, Sandman, we, we talked about this, actually, um, very briefly towards the end of last year, I think it might have been November, when Warner's announced that they were shipping their Vertigo titles to New Line. Mm-hmm. We wondered what the impact would be because we we kind of assumed that like Warner's would keep their main DC properties and the New Line would keep the Vertigo properties because yep. it's it mirrors how the two companies worked. And one of the unfortunate impacts of this is that Sandman has been sold to New Line, mm-hmm. and in doing so, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has left the project due to greater differences. Mm. Um, he had a production deal in place. He had a writer in place. David Goyer, I think it was. Yeah, and, and he had Neil Gaiman board as an exec producer, um, and he was down to star in it as well, I believe. Well, he, he was certainly going to be in it. I don't know whether he was going to be playing Morpheus, but he was no, definitely he was, going to be he, in it. Yeah, be, have an on-screen role. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, with the shift to New Line, they've changed the writers. Uh, they've changed everyone involved with the project. Which means it'll likely disappear back into development hell again, and it will never be heard from again, which is a a crying shame because I was massively on board with the Joseph Gordon-Levitt version. I was really looking forward to that. That's Yeah, this this is why I've had major beef with Warners this week. Mm. Like, first the R-Aid push and then the Sandman issue. It's just like, that would have satisfied... Every need you had to be risque yeah. and cashing on the R-rate thing. Not necessarily for the violence or, or the language, but for the themes. Yeah, absolutely. 
you know. Um, you could have told that story really well. And now New Line have got it, and we don't know what's happening with it. But yeah, as you say, back into development hell. Probably never to be seen. Probably not, because it involves too many properties now that are just all over the place, because I mean, Constantine is in the first one. So yeah. that's just not going to happen. <laughs> and then Lucifer, because he's in Lucifer now. So there's, there's the, all the properties that are the people he goes to in that first book are all in major kerfuffle with rights issues. Yeah. So you won't get any of the main characters that, that yeah. Dream goes round and speaks to. They're either in a cancelled TV show or in a soon-to-be cancelled TV exactly. show. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Which means that their rights are now stuck somewhere else with an option for be at least five years, I think, before it expires. Yeah. Gutting. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step off my soapbox. Well, um, I, I I would say you know I, I agree with you wholeheartedly that you know I, d- I don't want to see a slew of pointless R-rated comic book movies. It's going to kill the genre. Yeah, and and it will. It the, this done badly will do what you know all the horrendous comic book movies of the eighties did and killed the genre for you know best part of twenty odd years until you know, I think it was X Men was the one that actually brought the comic book genre back to life again. Yeah. Yeah, that was early 2000s. Well, I think so, it's, it's not late 90s, I think. Or was it 2000? It was 2000, I think, because yeah. I, start, I started working at the cinema in 2004. Okay. My first shift was X2. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. around 2000, 2001 then, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think comic book movies died a death for the best part of 10, 15 years because yeah. of the slew of really shit 80s ones that were released. Yeah. Yeah, tripe like... The Shadow and <laughs> the Phantom and oh the Phantom, <laughs> Billy Zane, horrible things like that that occurred <laughs> in the eighties when the in the scramble to turn anything comic book into a film. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, we're getting back towards that stage now. Well, yeah, and I, I think we are, and that yeah. that really makes me sad that we're going to hit that again because at the moment we're in a golden age of comic books on on oh, both TV and film, yeah. and something like this it could well. Shift the balance. Yeah. Oh, well, it's a uh, touch word that it won't happen. Yeah, let's hope okay. not. All right, I'm just going to breathe a little bit. <laughs> and, and relax. relax. <laughs> okay, so let's stay on the theme of movies then. Okay. Um, I recently saw... Uh, a Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Yay! Is it good? Oh, I've still not seen it yet. I really want to see it. It's Fucking awesome. <laughs> okay, so I wanted to go. To, this is. Uh, I was going to go see Deadpool. You were after the last show, yeah. Yeah, but I, I, um, I got there a little too late, and it actually got into picture, and it was actually still busy because it was a late screening, but it was Deadpool it was doing well. So instead of wasting my trip to the cinema, I went to see Pride and Prejudice and Zombies because I thought it's exactly what I need right now. What I need right now is I've, I've had a long day. I've just cast. I've just done a podcast, had a quite a long day, um, not feeling 100% in terms of myself, I need, needed cheering up. I just need to see zombies eating people in so, corsets. <laughs> God, yeah. <laughs> so I just, needed, I just needed something utterly, utterly ridiculous to go and watch. And as luck would have it, <laughs> there was Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, and it is 
fucking awesome. Sweet. I mean, like, it's not going to win any awards. Oh, it's not going to win anything for directing. The acting is patchy as fuck. Um, but it does exactly what it says on the but tin. It's Pride and Prejudice yeah. and Zombies. And, like, I'm sure you could read this film in many different ways. Like, if you take Pride and Prejudice itself and sort of look at the uh, the narrative of social inequality within Austin's work, then the zombie... Uh, format is it's kind of perfect for the same sort of allegory you have the us versus them the living versus dead and like you could read the film at a more academic and intellectual level or you could just turn your fucking brain off <laughs> sit down and watch yeah people in corsets get eaten by zombies <laughs> and the funniest parts of it are when they actually work austin's lines into the script so, like, if you're, a, if you're an English lit major and you're out there and you've been studying Austin all your life and you, you go and watch this film, there will be parts where you will just chuckle so hard. Not because of the randomness of the zombie killing violence, but because of the way the, the lines from this book can work <laughs> in a zombie, in a zombie film. Um, it's fantastic. Like, I, I needed cheering up that day and that film did the trick. Marvellous. 100%. So, yeah. That was that was Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Um, if you have to ask for a synopsis <laughs> of, of what it's about, like all I can say is just reread the title of the film, and that's pretty much it. Uh, the, the only question I have to ask is Matt Smith as the pastor. Yeah, he is so cloyingly and creepily annoying. He's perfect. Excellent. That's what I wanted to hear. Yeah. He is, ex- yeah, he's he's kind of perfect. And um, obviously Charles Dance as mm. well. Well, it's Charles Dance and Lena Headey, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it, it's it's brilliant. It's one of those films you can just turn your mind off and sit back and enjoy. Sweet. I have to see it before it goes off the cinema. Yeah. And then the other one is more or less the exact opposite of that. It was Hail Caesar. So, Coen Brothers, Coen yeah. Brothers. So, it's it's weird. It's enjoyable. It's insane. It's exactly what you expect a Coen Brothers film to be. It's sort of the, the convoluted plot lines and weird twists. Um, phenomenally well acted all the way throughout, but notably Josh Brolin as uh, the fixer of a Hollywood studio. Like he's really come back, come into his own. Um, and it is like. The Big Lebowski is basically the story of a man one man yeah, trying to get his rug back. This is the story of him trying to get his Hollywood star back. And that main story isn't like maybe one third of the film. The rest of it is the Coen brothers showing that they can do different types of movie okay. in one movie. So you've got the homage to um, the 50s cin- cinema... Uh, system and how everything works and how it's put together the, the management of stars and the ownership and all that and um, how the system was played and then in between you know Josh Berlin looking for George Green's character who gets kidnapped by what turns out to, actually I'm not going to spoil that he gets kidnapped by a group of people um, and it's not what you think from the trailers there's something more to it but I'm not going to give that away that's a big reveal and it's kind okay. of cool um, because it works with, uh, there's another film coming out uh, called Trumbo, about how writers were treated during um, 
I can't give it too much away. It's about the treatment of writers of a particular political slant who were okay. blackballed from Hollywood and had to write under alias names. Pseudonyms, okay. Yeah. So that's kind of... It ties into the serious issues that Trumbo is dealing with. Okay, so um, it's like it's a, rather than one kind of continuous narrative, it's like a series of vignettes. Well, all the characters that, that are in there are in their own little films that are being filmed on set. So Scarlett Johansson's character, who was essentially a Kate McKinnon character from any SNL sketch that Kate McKinnon's ever done. Okay. She has that deep New York accent and it just looks jarringly out of place with how she looks. Mm. She looks elegant and she has this sort of voice which doesn't go with it. But yeah, it's all about... She, she has different stories going on at the same time. Um, the Channing Tatum scenes where he uh, is doing a song and dance routine. It just feels like the Coen brothers going, look... We can do this sort of shit if you want. <laughs> yeah. you know? Pick one. It's we'll like, do that as the next we, film. We, ha- we have all these scenes that we want to do, and this, the overall narrative of Hell Caesar, lets us shoot all these scenes that we've been wanting to shoot for years. Okay. So cool. we'll shoot this song and dance number. We'll shoot this, um, this uh, western number. We'll do this big religious sort of Roman epic number, all under the auspices of, of this, this one, one story. Oh, cool. Uh, and it works. Well, they're, they're not one to shy away from convention, shall we say. Yeah. It, it really works. Um, it's not laugh-out-loud funny. Um, it it got me chuckling in a couple of places. Um, but, yeah, it's it's an enjoyable farce. Uh, There's slightly less farcical than I'm used to with the Coen Brothers, but it's still a farce. Mm. Um, but, yeah, really, really good. Well worth a watch. Probably about an 8 out of 10, I reckon. Sweet. I, well, I, I loved it. So, But I, I'm, I'm a fan of most of the Coen Brothers stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. I like a lot of it. Yeah, there's a few that I still haven't seen quite, don't quite get, but yes. Yeah, yeah. I, li- I like a lot of their stuff. So, yeah, it was, it was worth a watch. Cool. Cool. I think what I've been catching up on, I finally saw Spectre the other day, which was okay. Yeah. Again, I was I was gutted that Sam Smith won the Oscar because that song is just tripe. Sorry, Sam, if you're listening. <laughs> no, you're a fan of the show. Um, and but uh, on the complete flip side of that, saw the Man from Uncle and thoroughly enjoyed that. Okay, that was really really good. Fantastic film. Really enjoyed that. Sweet. Um, so that's it's kind of like. Bond seems to be a like dry spy, whereas uh, the Man from Uncle was a quality kind of sixties camp, properly back in the in the way the series worked. Yeah, it's yeah. utter genius. The the interplay between the characters is just fantastic. So yeah, do watch that if you get the chance. I might check it out. I know it's on sale in H in uh, yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Although, oh man, like <sighs> there's a film called Deathgasm. <laughs> yes. It was on the shelf in Sainsbury's the other day. It's it's a New Zealand film and like I kind of like some of their weird horrors. Like I loved Black Sheep. Yes. I thought, I thought Black Sheep. Yes, I watched was Black Sheep, that amazing. was fantastic. Um I'm tempted to buy it. It's basically about a couple of losers who form a metal band and then like all the ideas of metal iconography and Satanism all happen to be true and through like playing as a band they sort of summoned it <laughs> I saw the trailer for it and it looks hilarious Brilliant. so it looks like one of these tradition, traditionally sort of funny um, well 
darkly black comics, mm. I guess. Um, Sounds very similar to the one we were talking about the other day, which is uh, The Last Lovecraft. Uh, if you come across that come one, across that one. Uh, it's uh, about uh, an American stoner who turns out to be last in the line of Lovecrafts. It's 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 genius. College stoners versus Cthulhu. It's brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Well worth a watch if you ever get the chance. Found it on the Horror Channel one night. It's truly brilliant. Brilliant. Right. What have we got left to go? There? Cool. I, I think that's us pretty much there. I think. I think we've raced through that. After about raced, meandered. <laughs> it's probably a much better word. Uh, where are we? So, uh, yeah, we've covered pretty much all of that off. Yeah, so I think we can do. Yeah, yeah, everything, sir. That, that's us, us done in good time. There you go, folks. Professional <laughs> podcasters. That's all we are. Professional podcasters. Professional to the last. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right then. Sweet. So yeah, I guess we'll we'll wrap up and yeah, hopefully see you all at the Sci-Fi Weekend. Yeah, yeah, definitely come and say hi if you see us there. Um, there won't be another cast now until after the Sci-Fi Weekend, so unless we record one there. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, unless we record one there, we'll see. We we shall see. We shall see. Okay. Well, in that case, then that's all for this week. Thank you all very much for listening. I've been Brendan. I've been Spindles. And until next time, take care and be excellent to each other. Thank <laughs> you.